If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheiks are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or add a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheiks bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. This is our number three of the John... And Leah's show. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of honesty and rationality in the desert of insanity and deceit, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Tons to get to in hour number three. I'm John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Uh, Still some more political news, but first I want to mention that a couple things in the sports world. First of all, the Chicago Cubs have extended the World Series to a game six, which uh, Leah is not happy about because she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't like the Cubs bandwagon jumpers. Right. Um, I, I love the fact that they're still called the Indians. <laughs> so, so because <laughs> because of their marginal political incorrectness, you're rooting That's for Cleveland. Right. That's uh, right. Even though they may be forced to dump their mascot any day now. Um, I'm upset. I'm I'm actually uh, happy for the Cubs fans because for as long as they have waited to play in a World Series, for them to have lost three straight home games and lost the World Series at home would have really been a super big bummer. So I I feel badly for for those people. And and the reality is, Cleveland is now probably going to win the World Series at home. So it's even it's probably better for them as well. By the way, if I was James O'Keefe. And I, you know, was very paranoid and conspiracy minded and everything was about me. And I had a greatly overblown sense of my own importance and my own danger. I would believe that the fact that the Eagles Cowboys game, which is now in overtime, at least it was Mm -hmm. a few minutes ago. The fact that this is the third consecutive Sunday night NFL game that's gone into overtime is clearly a conspiracy against the John and Leah show. There's no other explanation. They are trying to shut us up by (laughs) extending NFL football games beyond their normal course of time. Three consecutive weeks. That's statistically impossible, but uh, but it's happened. And it's gonna so, mess up my DVR too. That really infuriates me. Isn't that interesting about the DVR thing? Because when you DVR, come on, no, no, seriously. Because when you DVR a sporting event, inherently the events that are most wanted that you most want to record are events that occur in games that go beyond the time period that you set the DVR for. Yeah, and the DVR is not smart enough to 
figure that out. It is amazing in this day and age that it's not, but you're right. Okay, um, so much to get to in hour number three, so I don't want to waste any more time on, on that. Not that we were wasting time, but you get the point. The big news story in, in politics this week before James Comey's non-bombshell bombshell uh, that uh, he detonated on Friday was the interview between Fox News Channel's Megyn Kelly and Newt Gingrich, although I kind of hesitate to even call it an interview. No. It, it was more of a debate, almost like a uh, therapy session in a way, <laughs> uh, for, for both of them. Uh, and and you know, I'm sure most people have at least heard about this, but it was uh, effectively over the issue of Donald Trump and his alleged abuse of women. Obviously, Trump had gone after Megyn Kelly during the primary season. Then they had a Rapro schma because it was in her interest because she wanted him as a guest for her her primetime special, which bombed. Right. And, and Newt Gingrich. Now is, she's back to hating him. Again. Right. Well, because it's in her <laughs> it's in her self interest to hate him now because at that point she thought for sure he was going to lose, and so she doesn't need to worry about him anymore. Uh, and she's negotiating a brand new huge contract with Fox News Channel, and Roger Ailes isn't at Fox News Channel. The Donald Trump buddy anymore. So her her whole self-interest has changed. Meanwhile, Newt Gingrich is basically Trump's biggest sycophant now that Chris Christie has disappeared for whatever reason. And so uh, Leah, He's you, got that Bridgegate thing going on. So, so, so well, as if as if that would be the reason for you suddenly to stop defending Donald Trump. But okay. Uh, anyway, you put together a little montage, if you will, of the highlights. And so let's listen to that. Okay. I don't know why Donald Trump's had a rough if time. If Trump is At a least, sexual predator, that is... He's not a sexual predator. Okay, you that's can't your say opinion. That. I'm you not taking not a position defend on that it. statement. I, I'm, now, I am I'm not sick and tired of people it. like you using language that's inflammatory that's not true. You are fascinated with sex and you don't care about public policy. Uh, me? Now, that's really? what I get out of watching <laughs> you tonight. You know what? Mr. Speaker, I'm not fascinated by sex, but I am fascinated by the protection of women and understanding okay. what we're getting in the Oval Office. And I think the okay. American voters would like and to know. And therefore, we're going to send Bill Clinton back to the East Wing because, after all, you are worried about sexual predators. Do you want to comment on whether the Clinton ticket has a relationship to a sexual predator? We on the Kelly file have covered that story as well, sir. I will no, tell you I the I just want to hear you use the words. I want to hear you words, Bill Clinton, sexual predator. I dare you. Say Bill Clinton, sexual predator. Mr. Speaker, this we've covered... This by the, island, by the Arkansas me, bar? Disbarred by the Arkansas me. Bar. $850,000 penalty. Excuse me, sir. We on the Kelly file have covered the Clinton matter as well. We've hosted Kathleen Willey. Oh, we've we've covered the examples of him being accused as well, but he's not on the ticket. And the polls also show that he'll the American the, public is less in interested in the deeds of Hillary Clinton's husband than they are in the deeds of the man who asks us to make him president, Donald Trump. We're going to have to leave it at that, and you can take your anger issues and Spend some time working on them, Mr. Speaker. Thanks for being <laughs> and here. You too, and you too. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Um, now, much like this election, and I know you don't believe me, but I I, I loathe both of these people um, because I think Megyn Kelly is an opportunist. Uh, I think that she actually was thrilled when Donald Trump targeted her because it was good for her career. Oh, yeah, I, no, she, I agree. She kissed up to him when she needed him for that special. And then when she thought for sure Trump was going to lose, she feels very free to to go out and, and attack him. Not that I think anything she said there was inappropriate. And, and and But I also loathe Newt Gingrich because of all people to take up this cause, Newt, yeah. Newt Gingrich is about the worst you can imagine. He's a guy 
who is on his, like Trump, is on his third marriage. He cheated on his first two wives. Who was uh, dying of cancer. Right. One of them was dying of cancer. He was the one who, uh, and he ought to know better than to claim that the issue of, of Bill Clinton's impeachment was about being a sexual predator. It was not. It was a, He lost his law license and got impeached under a house that was led at the time by Newt Gingrich, although he ended up losing his speakership effectively over the impeachment process of Bill Clinton. It was not about being a sexual predator, although Clinton might be one. It was about perjury and obstruction of justice in a civil lawsuit involving alleged, uh, I guess you would call it sexual harassment, of Paula Jones. That's how that whole thing worked. And for for Gingrich, of all people, to say you're obsessed with sex uh, is is rather rich. And- yeah, but Gingrich hates all media. And, so, and that's the one thing about him that I liked when, uh, when he was running, because he would hand it to the media, and so he was just cathartic. Well, look, no one despises the news media more than I do. I just wish that we wouldn't use up all of our credibility on the very real, insidious issue of liberal media bias uh, on issues that are not legitimate and for a person who I don't think deserves them. Uh, but there's another issue here, though, and that is the the issue of Trump and the press Uh, And and, and we're really getting into kind of dangerous territory here. You know, there's no question that his his supporters, Trump supporters, have taken to Trump's view that the press ought to be cracked down on, that the First Amendment might not be all that powerful. There's a new poll out this week that indicates that half, like less than half, less than half of all Donald Trump supporters say it's important for democracy that the media be free to criticize political leaders. Think about that. Less than half of Trump supporters. That's the essence of our entire political system, that the media be free to criticize political leaders. It's the essence of the First Amendment. And it's part of the reason, not to get back into this, Leah, why I I don't trust Donald Trump on judges. This is a guy who clearly does not believe in the First Amendment, and his followers have picked up on this. And I am all for media criticism. But there's a there's a very fine line between media criticism and saying that the media doesn't have the authority or the ability or the the legal standing to criticize political leaders, which I think Trump has gone over that line. I don't know if you have anything to say on that, but that that to me is is a is a major concern for me. And and when he the next day praised Newt Gingrich, kind of delusionally, he went out of his way to praise Newt Gingrich uh, for his his performance there. I, I thought that's where we were going with this. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm just going to have to tell you that I have not had a chance to look at that poll, but boy, it is really, the media bias has been, you know, on display for quite some time. I only discovered it in 2000 (laughs) because I didn't know what it meant before then. Um, But The media bias against Trump and his supporters, like, I don't believe what you just said. I think that this uh, line has been taken out of context somehow by Pew, by the Pew Research Center, because they're very left-leaning. They've shown themselves to be very left-leaning, and uh, so they're trying to demonize. uh, Leah, just so you know, 
uh, non-Trump supporters were an overwhelming favor of the media's ability to criticize political leaders. It was Trump supporters in particular that had by far the lowest percentage of support for that. And, you know, it's and and look, we're going to get too deep into this segment, but it really bothers me as a warrior against liberal media bias for my whole career and made three films that where that was the essence of it. On this particular issue, especially the issue of Donald Trump being a, a serial abuser, I don't think there's been any media bias at all. As a matter of fact, I think the news media has been pretty darn fair to Donald Trump about this, considering what the evidence is and the number of times he has lied about it. Uh, to me, I, I think if Donald Trump was a Democrat, we would be screaming bloody murder. about how obvious it is that Donald Trump has disqualified himself to be president of the United States. Oh, my God, it was wall-to-wall coverage. What are you talking about? And it deserved to be, but it was not. Right, but but, it's not like they gave him a pass. No, but they, (laughs) no, well, they have to give it a pass. The problem uh, is that the WikiLeaks and the Hillary Clinton, uh, it's just that it got wiped off the page. We We gotta take a break. We have a brand new sponsor I want you to check out right now on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Ugh, like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed. Ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah. They're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh. No wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. (laughs) Well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like, mm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should, oh, I don't know. Try them out again. (laughs) (laughs) Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com one two one two. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brennan. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. By the way, I, I know that Trump fans just will not believe this, Leah, but um, I think the news media is letting Trump slide on a lot of things. Like, for instance, it was announced today officially that he will not be releasing his tax returns first time in 40 years that a presidential candidate has decided not to do that. And you can make a very strong argument that of all those 40 years, the candidate that should have been most obligated to do so by far was Donald Trump, especially after he promised to do so. Uh, That has not been major news. And the way that he has used his own money or lack thereof in this campaign is extraordinary. He promised in the primaries he would spend a billion dollars. He has, at this moment, spent about $56 $56 million, a little bit more than that, if you include the $10 million he claims to have put in this week, which is way less than the $100 million he promised to put in just this week. He has lied about this self-funding issue constantly. He is not self-funded. He is way underfunded. He has far less money than Hillary Clinton coming down the stretch of an allegedly close election. And the news media, 
I think, has let him off the hook on that. Well, but, not uh, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace has been all over him about that, and well, it wasn't a billion. It was a hundred million. Now, so he's Leah, forty-four. No, 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 no. Leah, that's what Chris let, said. No, I in heard the, pri- the interview, in, Leah, in the primaries, I'll send you the USA Today article. Trump promised to spend a billion dollars of his own money if necessary. Then he switched it, hoping and and being correctly so that no one would call him on it to a hundred million because it's nice big round numbers that, you know, people will be blown away by, which is by the way, I think why he picked the 10 million number to, to sign a check for this week, because that's not a strategic number. That's just a number picked out of the air. That'll get people off of his back. Oh, he just put in 10 million, even though last month he only put in $33,000 of his own money lying about triple matching of small donations and emails which he clearly did not do. So the reality is he has lied numerous times about how much okay. money he was going to put I didn't put hear in the billion, I've, and the only thing that's ever been uh, discussed is $100 million okay. on Fox. So uh, well, know. it's Fox, and I'm, I'll send you the article. Yeah, it's Chris Wallace uh, I'll, who's I'll a in the butt. Uh, I'll send uh, – <laughs> Because he's not, I realize that anyone who actually decides to tell the truth about Donald Trump is no, a pain in the butt. He's a pain in the butt to okay, everybody. Okay, but the reality is, I'll send you the article about the billion dollars. Even if it was, even if it's a hundred million, he's he's at least thirty million dollars short. And by the way, a lot of the money he's spending is on his own companies and his children's companies, so he's effectively profiting from that. And this has not been an issue at all. All right, when we come back. What should be an issue, substantively, if we cared about substance, is how Obamacare has completely fallen apart. And then uh, I'll also talk about uh, Halloween and what's going to happen with my daughter tomorrow and a whole lot more in the last half hour of this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can check out all of my Mediate columns, several of which I wrote this week to take a look at, including, by the way, uh, an interview that I did with Glenn Beck, uh, the audio of which you can find at uh, the article section of freespeechbroadcasting.com. And we've been keeping on the theme, I guess, since this show has been all over the place. The theme recently of this program has been the issue of media bias, and there's been an enormous amount of media bias on the issue of Obamacare. And the the bias has taken the form of we're just not going to talk about it uh, because it's essentially a disaster. Almost everything conservatives predicted was going to happen to Obamacare has, in fact, come true. And this week there was released uh, new information that there was going to be massive increases in the cost of Obamacare. Now, uh, unfortunately, one, the news media is not interested in this ad for Democrats and for socialism. And two, Donald Trump is uniquely unqualified to attack this issue. One, because he doesn't seem to be an expert in the topic, but also because during this campaign, even though the conservative media pretended this didn't happen, Donald Trump came out in favor of single-payer health care, government-funded, and has come up with no explanation for how he would actually change Obamacare. And so he's effectively seeded the issue, although he brings it up from time to time. But I found it really hilarious, Leah, that in the wake of this news about the increases 
in the costs of Obamacare. The uh, CBS Morning Show was stunned. They were stupefied. They, they were absolutely flummoxed as to how this could happen out of nowhere, because this is not out of nowhere. Anyone's been paying attention has seen this death spiral coming. And here's a little bit of just about 25 seconds or so of the CBS Morning Show just being completely taken aback. And dumbstruck. That's a good word. Dumbstruck by this revelation. And boy, wouldn't it be interesting if someone did a story about how this happened? <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> We need a f- bigger understanding of why this is happening, sure is. you know, because the idea was not only to spread coverage around, mm-hmm. but that by spreading the coverage around, not only would it would help people get more yeah. preventative care, but then it would ultimately bring the cost down. And instead, the premiums are skyrocketing. And so the question is, what happened? Yeah. And who's pro- who's profiting on this? Or is the, is the way the law was set up failed? It's a really interesting story. <laughs> interesting story that you'll never see us do Uh, and by the way that was Nora O'Donnell and for those three people out there who are familiar with my career I have quite a history with Nora O'Donnell no no, we didn't date although we did go to the same university Georgetown Uh, just look up if you're interested go to YouTube and and type in John Ziegler Nora O'Donnell Uh, I believe twice in one fairly short interview I did with her, I called on her to be fired, uh, which is... She's an idiot. (laughs) Right. Well, she's she's on 60 Minutes, so she's actually perceived as one of the smart ones. Uh, Because she went... uh, She's not at all, and having dealt with her directly, I can tell you that, and... Uh, I'm embarrassed. Obviously, that, I'm embarrassed that she and I share an alma mater. But but the bigger, more important issue, of course, is that Obamacare should be front and center in this election. Right. But you it, know what? And look, I just have to say that the way Donald Trump is doing this is so wrong because everyone, everyone is missing the point. Obamacare's uh, premiums skyrocketing. Okay, great. We kind of thought that was going to happen. But what Obamacare is doing to everyone else's premiums, no one is talking about that. I'm not on Obamacare. How in the world did I go from a 500 deductible to 6,500 deductible? It doesn't matter. No one's talking about this. No one. And Donald Trump can't even remember that his own employees are not on Obamacare. But you, you're enthusiastic about him wanting to be president. But you're, it's a good point. He did. He went to Doral and he tried to make Obamacare an issue. And he said that, it, by the way, in what I perceived as kind of a not only ignorant but a little bit racist statement that his employees at, at the Doral Resort in Miami were having a problem with Obamacare, not even realizing that his employees have go their own health care through the company, uh, which you think he would know, and are not therefore on Obamacare. But let, let me, how about how about this for the way back machine, Leah, and how quickly things change. This is from September twenty eighth. So, like, 13 months ago, 2015, and this is the headline, Trump pushes single-payer health care tax increase on wealthy. That's the headline, Trump pushes single-payer health care tax increase on the wealthy. Now, you're probably thinking, all right, that's, you know, some left-wing organization or, you know, news outlet. This is from Breitbart.com. 
written by John Nolte, who is a guy who I used to be friends with, but no longer, uh, who is one of Trump's biggest cheerleaders. And uh, the article starts during a 60 Minutes interview. Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump appeared to come out in favor of a form of single payer health insurance for the uninsured. I remember although, that. Although because he, he's go ahead. He, he said, uh, I think this was the same interview. He said, uh, or whoever was asking was like, what, who should pay for it? Right. The government. Well, he said, everybody's got to be covered. This is an right. un-Republican thing for me to say. Exactly. And then he Same says, interview. And then he said, I'm going to take care of everybody. Everybody's going to be taken care of much better than they're taken care of now. That's right. your conservative. And the interviewer said, well, you sound like you're talking about single-payer health right. care. Right. I remember the interview. And, and, my, and Scott, you, you, have, you have a very good memory on this, Leah, because it apparently it didn't happen on a late Sunday night when you watched it. Uh, I, I kid because I care. But Scott Pelley said, who pays for it? Donald Trump. The government's going right. to pay for it. Exactly. And, exactly. And so in a rational world, that should have ended his campaign for the Republican nomination right there. But, and saying George Bush was responsible for 9-11. That, well, there's a lot of those, but, but this is one in particular. But the timing on this is key. Obviously, Breitbart hadn't gotten the, the, the check yet. The memo yet. <laughs> they hadn't gotten the memo in, in late September 2015. But more importantly, no one thought... He was, he was for real, be the nominee. Yeah. and no, and so no one felt like they needed to take him out. They did, and the reality, and it was obvious, and I did say this at the time that to compare him to a Herman Cain or or a Michelle Bachman or or somebody, or Rick Santorum, another flash in the pan, was completely naive and wrong. And in fact, I even called out Nate Silver two months later, less than two months later which you can find if you just Google Dear Nate Silver. He's the liberal media guru for predictions. He had said, don't freak out about Donald Trump's poll numbers. I said, whoa, wait a minute. We should absolutely be freaking out because this is for real. This is not a drill. And we're now where we currently are. But uh, Obamacare. I can fix Obamacare, though. I can fix it. Oh, really? Go for it. Give it to me. Here's what we do, okay? Uh, All of you people with the pre-existing uh, health problems and you can't get coverage, we're going to start, we're going to have a government program for you. Everybody else, you're free to go. We are opening the lines across the states. I can be insured by California if I want to. We're going to do the competition, but you people, we're going to have a program just for you. Okay, but how do you define the you people? And how do you how do you the pre-existing uh, medical but, but, conditions, but, but, the but, cancer, but Leah, the diabetes? But but understand that as soon as it's just like you give an inch, it's a mile. As soon as it's subject, then there's going to be fraud and and people are going to take advantage of the system. Well, there and, already is. Okay, but uh, but uh, I am being penalized right now because mm-hmm. there's no competition. Hey, there's no competition. Emma, it's Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, you know, look, look. We need to bring competition back right. in. I look. I, I I haven't given your your proposal full evaluation, so I'll, I'll reserve judgment. Well, that's on all it. there but, is to it. But the, the reality <laughs> the reality is that if we had a better candidate, uh, and I can name several of them, 
this would be the issue instead of it being a referendum on whether or not Donald Trump is qualified to be president or whether or not Hillary Clinton is so corrupt that Trump's Trump not being qualified. If we had a real candidate, this would be the topic of conversation along with an unfettered shot at her for what James Comey did. Instead, everything's muddied. And I still believe, unless there's catastrophic fundamental problems with the polling, and unless all of her money and all of her get-out-the-vote advantages are now meaningless in this modern era, unless those two things are true, that she's still going to win. And nah. it was and it was still—, still you, you're predicting that he will win. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. on his way to the White uh, House. Okay, well, we'll talk more about that in detail next week when we make our predictions and you're in studio. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, Halloween and an update— on the uh, the Penn State story, there was a verdict in the civil trial I discussed last week that um, I have to at least reference because it's just uh, soul-crushingly insane. Uh, all that and more coming up in our final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. By the way, as an added feature, our podcasts are now available soon after the program is over. You don't have to wait till Monday morning to catch all three hours. So check out Free Speech Broadcasting in the next hour or so, and they should be uh, posted. And I'll also uh, tweet out a link to my uh, Twitter and my Facebook pages. Tomorrow uh, is a uh, obviously a very big day for a lot of people, including us in the Ziegler household, because uh, tomorrow is Halloween. And uh, last year, I was very excited because my then three-year-old daughter, Grace, and you remember Grace. Grace, of course, is, is the one who is really confused by this election. You know, she doesn't know what to make of Trump. Is Trump a bad guy or a good guy? Yeah, and, and she's convinced that uh, Hillary is also really bad because... She wants to steal all my stuff. Right. And so uh, and, and so she's learned well. In fact, she's gotten more agitated as time has gone on uh, about this election. I think she definitely senses... Uh, what the country is going through. But uh, tomorrow she'll take a, a night off for Halloween. Last year, as a three-year-old, she was Cinderella. I don't know if you recall yes, that. Yes, I remember. She was Cinderella. And, uh, and she wanted to be at the entire year. Is that right? I don't, yes. I don't, I don't remember that part. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. She knew what she wanted to be, oh, and oh. she didn't change her mind. Oh, no, you're okay. I see what you're saying. Yes, and I was very, very good memory on your part. And I was impressed by that. Because I thought, you know, that's that's commitment, that's loyalty, it's sticking she's to... She's too young, she's not going to remember. Right, I thought she would forget that she yeah. had wanted to be Cinderella, but no, she stuck with Cinderella oh, yeah. for a very long time, and I played the role of Prince Charming. My wife, <laughs> which is a big stretch, as you know, uh, yes. and, my, and my, my wife played the role of the fairy godmother, and, and it really went... Quite well, um, you know. I had a a really cool uh, Prince Charming. It was outfit. a great outfit. Where yes. did you get that? It was well, so perfect. Uh, it really was. Oh, I think I think we just 
I think my wife bought it online, I think. I'm not sure. But Very cool. Any, but anyway, uh, she was a beautiful uh, Cinderella. Had the shoes and and everything, and she was very excited about it. And, but I figured, okay, my days as Prince Charming are completely over with. This was a one-shot deal. I'm going to be uh, yesterday's news very quickly. And my guess was that, uh, that Grace would go on to be a superhero or a doctor. She's got, she's got a lot of career aspirations. I think. Oh, yes, for she, sure. She wants to be a doctor, superhero, soldier. Uh, she wants to. Oh, what else did she? Oh, Not ast- a talk show host, I'm guessing. Well, she's kind of enamored with the whole John and Leela show, um, as she refers to it. <laughs> That's right. But, um, you know, and, and she could make a, a decent talk show, but she's never mentioned that as, you know, part of what she's into. Although, if you remember, last week she did go on a pretty good rant on my wife's birthday about this election, and, and it concluded like this. Love and Hillary! No! That's right. That's right. Rump and Hillary. Rump and Hillary. No! So she could be a talk show host. Of course, by the time she gets old enough, there's not going to be talk radio. That's true. So, um, but maybe, you know, she's good looking enough to be on Fox News Channel. She's definitely got the, the Fox News Channel look. The, uh, the blonde hair, the blue blonde, eyes. Blonde, right. White girl. So that's, that is possible. So, uh, but I digress. Anyway, so I was figuring she, she wants to be also an astronaut. She's got a bunch of things on her agenda. And uh, I thought, okay, well, you know. And this was nice that I was the uh, Prince Charming to my daughter for for one year, and that you know we have some good pictures, it'd be nice memories, what have you. So, my wife, I don't know, this was a long time ago. This was like I don't know, at least six, maybe eight months ago. Finds a uh, a dress, and of course, my wife is an, a, a very good shopper. I mean, she's she's definitely she's one. She's of, thrifty too. Yeah, except for the fact that she's one of these women, and there are a lot of them. Who doesn't understand that, yes, you might be getting a theoretically good deal, but if you keep buying everything, money is still money. It still adds up. Okay. (laughs) So just because you're getting an alleged 50% bargain on this doesn't mean that you're saving money by buying it. Um, But okay, I digress. So she finds this beautiful Sleeping Beauty dress. Oh. uh, and, And she decides to buy it. Just in case for Halloween. Just in you case. You never know. Right. You never know. And we can always return it. And it was a you know good price. And it's a beautiful dress. And so um, I think she showed it to Grace. And Grace really liked it. And Grace said, oh, okay, I'll be Sleeping Beauty for Halloween. And I'm thinking, all right, there's no way. That's like at least six months ago. Uh, she was Cinderella last year. She's not going to be Sleeping Beauty again this year. But sure enough. Much like last year, she has stuck with it for, for the entire time. Amazing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm stunned. She, in fact, she's never really wavered at all. Uh, you know, she's, I think, maybe talked a couple times about um, being some of her favorite Disney cartoon characters, but never really seriously. And much to my shock, I have been rehired as Prince Charming. Oh, that's perfect! Right. So, uh, so, um, so next tomorrow we're gonna go from Cinderella to uh, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, I'm gonna be reprising my role as Prince Charming, although the the costume will be slightly different. This year I'm gonna wear a cape. 
Because you can't have the exact... Superhero. Well, no, if you look at... Yeah, Prince Charming definitely has a cape. In Sleeping Beauty, he does. He has a cape. Now, it's interesting. You know, Sleeping... It's funny on so many levels because I can't stand Disney and the lessons that they teach and... And I, you and I used to talk about this Especially all the time. Especially what they become now. Right. I mean, but we used to, you, you and I used to talk all the time about what bad lessons for young girls I thought Disney taught. Yeah, with, entitlement. Right. Well, and the whole fairy tale princess and happily ever after and expectations. All that. And I unfortunately have, have bought completely and I've given up. I, I realize I cannot win this war. But one of the funnier elements of now getting a PhD in Disney princesses is realizing just how dumb some of these stories really are. And yeah. I would I would suggest that Sleeping Beauty, if you ever get a chance, you know, if you not that you would ever do this. I but barely remember it the, because the story, you know, I don't have any kids. The story of Sleeping Beauty is about the dumbest of all the, she, the fairy she tales. She takes a bite of the apple, No, 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 right? no, 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 that's Snow White. Come on, get oh. it right. <laughs> here's, here's the basic. I don't know why she goes to sleep. I can't remember. All right, is that Sleeping Beauty, when she's born, gets a curse put on her by Maleficent. By the way, my wife is going to be playing Maleficent. Okay. You hear Maleficent on this pro- program from time to time. Idiots! That's from okay. That's from the movie, and that's Maleficent. So and she's a curse because she's so pretty? Um, no, because Maleficent is pissed off at uh, her dad, uh, I okay. think. Anyway, the <laughs> long, incredibly stupid story short. So the, the fairy godmothers put a reverse curse on her, to try to mitigate the fact that when she's 16, she's going to prick her finger on a spinning wheel and die. Oh, that's right. Uh, and so, so they get the brilliant, they get the brilliant idea. They get the brilliant idea of taking Sleeping Beauty as a child away from her family for the first 16 years, where she's totally safe according to the curse. Nothing can happen to her. And so they miss the best 16 years of her life, and then they stupidly bring her back to the to the castle on her 16th birthday, the day that she's supposed to prick her finger and die. So stupid. Incredibly stupid. So after that happens, then Prince Charming comes in with his cape to save the day. So um, (laughs) that's what I will be following tomorrow. spinning wheel. Right. So I'm Prince Charming. My daughter is Sleeping Beauty. My wife is Maleficent. And next week, you will be in studio as we preview the big election. So make sure you... I'm coming for the Breeders' Cup, baby! Santa Anita! See you next week, everybody.